The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Intermittent fasting is the new trend when it comes to dieting, but is it just a trend or should we all be eating in this way? Well, to talk us through the pros and cons of intermittent fasting, I'm joined by Orla Walsh, registered dietitian from Orla Walsh Nutrition. Good morning, Orla. Good morning and good morning to all your listeners. Rishi Sunak does it. Yeah, and what a privileged position he's in to be able to do it. And reports suggest that about one in seven people in the UK are suffering with food insecurity. So it was a bit tone deaf of him to come out with that. Of course, he says that he doesn't uh, eat from five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon until 5 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Yeah, so he, 36 says, hours. he says he does that for a healthier lifestyle and um, to basically allow him to eat more sugar. So it's not quite uh, the health message that we want, um, you know, said to so many millions. Now, uh, intermittent fasting takes a number of forms, does it not? It does, you see. And we we try to put a name on the different types just for uh, research purposes. Um, There's alternate day fasting where you fast one day and then eat freely the next and you just keep doing that. Um, There's a sort of a modified intermittent fasting and people might know that as the 5-2 where you fast in maybe a couple of days of the week. And fasting can be you eat nothing and just drink water or it could be you just significantly reduce your calories to around 20-25% of what you need. Mm. And then there's time-restricted feeding. So where you might go, okay, I'm only allowed to eat between just say 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. each day. And That's then I'm time restricted, fast. not calorie restricted. Exactly. So you can stuff your face with all the calories you want within a certain time period. Yeah. And I suppose you don't want people to just eat freely too much and not have be mindful at all because, you know, you can still eat in excess of the calories, but um, we want the food quality to be good within those hours as well. Mm. And the idea of this time restricted feeding, TRF, uh, often it's called the 16-8 method. Yeah, so you eat within an eight-hour window and you fast for 16 hours of which eight of those you're asleep. Now, have they compared eight-hour window of eating to 10 hours to 12 hours? No. Um, so I suppose 16-8 is just, um, it just sounds good. It's, it's a gimmick a- and hijacked by diet culture. Some people uh, are fasting for religious reasons, like Ramadan, for instance, where people do not eat when the sun is up, but when the sun goes down, they can have their supper. Yeah, and a lot of people will come into the clinic with help um, to do that and to mitigate maybe health impact of doing that. And if they have diabetes, to work around that and work their medications too. Um, so there are, you know, different methods of fasting. Really with the religious ones, um, a lot of the studies coming out are observational. So correlation rather than causation. So mm. they're, they're not in a controlled trial, but just observing to see what happens to their health. And of in that course, time. if there are any health uh, problems... Um, the Ramadan, the rules of Ramadan, uh, there are exceptions allowed. Oh, absolutely. There are exceptions to it. And, and it's not just Ramadan, it's other religious um, beliefs and, and spiritual beliefs too, where there is fasting. Mm. Um, but, you know, there are pros and cons to it. And, you know, I suppose one of them is people want to lose weight and don't want to count calories. And I think that's why they're lured into it. Yeah. Now, uh, the the promises made by uh, the people who are intermittently fasting is that if you starve yourself, basically your body goes into what's called ketosis and that that eats up the fat and you lose your belly fat as well. Yeah, there's loads of promises. And, you know, some of them ring true. But the problem with the research is, you know, if people lose weight, 
during that experiment are the health benefits that you see due to the weight loss or are they due to the fasting itself and it's hard to elucidate and kind of figure out which one it is um, we know in terms of weight loss that it's it, it's a calorie controlled diet like any other and when we compare it to a calorie controlled diet it doesn't give you more weight loss but for some people it's easier to stick to it if, if they have rules and regulations yeah. but the problem is if there's rules and regulations you're on a diet and when you come off it the weight often comes back yeah. on. Because I'm just thinking if you decided that you were going to say on a Monday and not have anything at all you might have coffee or something without any milk you know you get through the day but then you can look forward to Tuesday yeah. You know what I mean? That Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And then you can pig out on Sunday and you can tolerate Monday. So for some people, that might be an attractive option. Yeah, but I guess it is a starve binge mentality. And you want to make sure that the people who are trialing these things aren't triggered into disordered eating habits and it's not affecting their relationship with food too much and and of course their health. Um, So it's not suitable for everyone and it's certainly not suitable for anyone who has a history of eating disorder. Um, But it's not suitable for lots of different people. So um, people taking insulin, so type 1 diabetics or type 2 diabetics, um, people with osteopenia and osteoporosis because research suggests there is bone loss. A lot of research also suggests muscle loss and there is ways and means to go around this to try and reduce that. But the person has to be worth willing to put in the effort and, you know, big protein hits before and after yeah. the fasting period and strength now, training. Probably all of us know people who, if they don't get their lunch on time, they become crotchety and impossible to deal with. Um, some people will even get a bit lightheaded and dizzy. Yeah, and headaches and it's it's not suitable for everyone. Like, I suppose you have to think about it, you know, people coming out admitting that they fast for all of Monday and they're in a position of power. Would you want that? Would you want, for example, your heart surgeon not eating that day and, and doing a bypass on you? I'm not sure I would. Um, so or your we pilot. Need, the <laughs> or your pilot. We need nutrition. Um, you know, good nutrition is all about giving your body what it needs when it needs it. And if you're starving your body when, when it wants food, you know, is it working at its best? Probably not. Um, one study showed reductions in testosterone and uh, insulin-like growth factor. Yeah, so it can affect um, people who are... I suppose, wanting to gain muscle or, you know, you have to be careful who follows it because most people can't afford to lose muscle. But as people lose our testosterone levels, reduce as we age, not just men, but women, you know, you have to think, is it suitable for people as they get older? Again, possibly not. The other thing is, uh, if uh, mum or dad are doing this and they've got kids... That's you know, the thing. It's what sort of message are you suggesting? You're, you're, you're telling them it's okay to not eat for a day a week, introducing them to disordered eating and disordered eating patterns. And also they might stop eating for you and no parent wants that. Uh, so uh, the, they're the cons. Are there pros that you could mention? There are certain circumstances that I might use it. Um, if it, you know, we, I, I wouldn't do the alternate day fasting for a lot of people because the research shows high dropout rate. But if you did just say an eating window of people and you said, OK, you can eat between 8am and 8pm and, you know, that sort of guideline or, or fencing helps some people. Um, it also might be useful in terms of fatty liver. And um, so non-alcoholic fatty liver disease predictions suggest that by 2040, maybe one in two Americans will have it. Now, I don't know how many of us will, but it, it is on the rise and it is a problem. And we, we do look at intermittent fasting and fatty liver.
Uh, now, looking at some of the texts coming in, I fast for 16 hours and eat for eight with a good diet. It has done wonders for my IBS. That's according to Debbie. Uh, fasting, here's what I do, says the next one. Give up breakfast, eat a dinner at five um, next, eat lunch 1230 to uh, 1300 the following day. This equates to largely fasting as you sleep. 18 to 19 hours where your metabolism burns off as you sleep. So dinner at five, spend the evening watching the telly, looking at all the food ads, (laughs) (laughs) then go to sleep for eight hours and have an early lunch, 12.30. And that does amount to 18 or 19 hours without food. Yeah, I suppose if people were doing the fasting window, I'd prefer them to do the fast later in the day rather than earlier in the day. Research suggests that, um, you know, our body would function better and we'd be less hungry and there would be health benefits if the eating window was earlier in the day as opposed to later in the day as late night eating is, mm. you know, correlated to ill health. Uh, 1680s brilliant, 10 kg down without feeling like I've denied myself anything after a lifetime of weight that was stable but slightly overweight. Belly fat down too. I exercise loads, always have done, but it's the 16-8 that actually worked. Um, Has Orla got any advice on good relationships with food, how to eat moderately and not go mad? Well, I suppose that is, uh, you would need a few pronged approach. You would need someone medically looking after you, a registered dietitian advising you and perhaps a therapist. So I wouldn't try that alone and I would get a team behind you if you want to work on your relationship with food. Yeah, Uh, I've got uh, UC, which was diagnosed in early 2020. After a horrible flare up again two years later, I gave intermittent fasting a go. It's been great under my doctor's supervision. Uh, My medication is more than halved. I lost weight in the beginning. Not anymore. Not a big deal uh, for me as long as my UC is under control. That's uh, from Susie. Under doctor's supervision, I think, is the important thing. It is. And, you know, with things like ulcerative colitis and good health, um, fasting can make it worse or better for it. With IBD in particular, fasting may be appropriate in some cases. Mm. Uh, Does it benefit the microbiome? Um, Not necessarily because they like to be fed. They like to be fed. Yeah. So people can end up with constipation. People can end up with constipation, bloating, excess gas. Um, So I suppose it just depends when you are eating, what you're eating and how varied your diet is. And this one here, whatever happened to breakfast being the most important meal? I would be an advocate for that breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen. In fact, there's probably people in the older generation listening and going a 12 hour window of not eating. Sure, this is what we've done until recently. Um, So again, they just didn't call it a name uh, years ago. It was just how you ate. Orla Walsh, registered dietitian from Orla Walsh Nutrition. Orla, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.